My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on today's programme by Naomi Timperley, an award-winning consultant and advisor on growth strategy and innovation. Um, Naomi is the co-founder of Tech North Advocates and Growth Strategy Innovation. Um, Naomi, very warm welcome to yourself and thanks for joining us on the show. It's a real pleasure having you with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure, Naomi. And uh, just to kind of shed a little bit of light on sort of yourself for those listeners that might not be familiar with you, um, I've given a brief overview mm-hmm. as to sort of what it is that you and your businesses do. But maybe you could expand on that in your own words and tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so um, it's probably best if I go right back to my first sort of career. So my first mm-hmm. career was in the travel industry, uh, did that for about seven years. And then I worked in uh, worked overseas as in my sort of last role which was um for a tour operator then i moved up north um i then worked in tech recruitment in the late 90s um and then helped set up a travel recruitment company and then i took a couple of years out to have my daughters and then i had an events company um events company sort of led me to get involved with youth entrepreneurship and women's entrepreneurship um and i started doing work with universities um, and historically, um, the sort of entrepreneurship programs I was involved in, there, there seemed to be a lot more sort of tech, digital, creative businesses that I ended up working with. Um, so, so where I am now um, is, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been helping um, people with their ideas to turn them into value propositions and business models. Um, and essentially, um, that, that's what I do now. So, you know, I've got, I wear a couple of different hats. So 50% of my time is working with very early stage startups, and that can be with um, university programs, programs that I've sort of designed, developed, and delivered myself uh, for, for third parties. Um, and, you know, at any one time, um, you know, across the sort of year, I can be working with um, at least four to 500 um, entrepreneurs. Um, but then the other side of the coin is I'm working with businesses that want to get into new markets, mm. um, want to develop new products and services um, and, you know, various other different things. So, you know, they, they might be that they're looking for a growth strategy. It might be that they're looking to, um, you know, do some talent planning, um, partnerships, engagement, board advisory, that type of stuff. And I do that with um, a guy called Vikas Shah. Mm. Um, but we also have um, bring people in as and when we need them as well. And um, when it comes to sort of entering that kind of scale-up phase, let's say, it's quite clear Mm -hmm. that it is a bit of a challenge, certainly for businesses based in this country. So from your perspective, having worked with a lot of SME leaders on this, um, what is Mm -hmm. it that are some of the common sort of difficulties and traps, let's say, that they might fall into when it comes to entering the scale-up phase that you need to avoid in order to make sure that you are able to succeed as a business? So I think a couple of common things that I see is, um, you know, people not having um, the right board structure, not having the right people around them, um, not having a really clear growth plan. Um, but that, again, that growth plan being, you know, quite sort of, um, you know, who's doing what, who's responsible for this, who's responsible for that, but also making sure um, that actually they're looking, uh, they've got a deep understanding of the customers. So I've worked on a, a number of different growth programs, uh, you know, sort of ones with, with our organisation, but also uh, government ones. 
Um, so I was the lead mentor on the Help to Grow program for the University of Salford. Um, and, you know, a lot of the sort of common themes around that was um, a lot of businesses wanted to grow and they had, um, you know, some of these businesses um, had got their business through word of mouth, which is fantastic, but they hadn't put their foot on the pedal when it came to sort of marketing. Um, they didn't really know who their customers were. And actually, um, you know, they might have a, a clear understanding about some of them, but actually not about potential new customers. And again, looking at what the value proposition is for each of those customers that are quite different. Um, I think another thing as well is looking at, um, you know, who are the right partners that you can you can work with. And, you know, I think sometimes um, really a lot of it was around the, the people within the business and just really making sure that you've got the right people in the right roles, um, but also that you, you've got um, people that are going to be on that journey with you for growth. That's it, isn't it? And it's 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 not always easy to sort of bring people on that journey with you. And it's not necessarily the things that you try and do, but you do wrong in that sense. It's almost what you yeah. don't do, isn't it, in these circumstances that can lead to that kind of common culture trap, I guess. So when it comes to being a leader and making sure that you're bringing people with you and aligning them with the overall purpose, I suppose key to that is being able to really sort of broadcast that message and be a very, very good communicator. And that sort of works two ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And it's just about having people, you know, because people don't like change. People like doing the things how they've done them all the way along. And actually, when, you, when you've when you got, you know, a, a business that w- wants to, to sort of suddenly put their foot on the pedal and grow a little bit more, um, there is change that is going to occur. Um, and, you know, again, it's just making sure that you've got the people on board that are going to support uh, report you in, in, in support you in, the, in that growth, but also making sure that you're planning for that growth as well. So you've got all your ducks lined up, but also that that there is you know people have got different responsibilities, um, and then actually looking. So you know a lot of a lot of um, the clients that, that GSI have got are, are actually not UK based. Mm. They're actually people that are looking to get into the UK market. Um, and you know that's just sort of come uh, not because we've targeted those companies, but, but again. Um, it, it's all sort of been word of mouth and, and where our strengths have lied. Um, and I think another thing as well, um, you know, and I read a great article actually in the Times over the weekend um, with um, Marceline Fox, um, who was talking about that entrepreneurial spirit mm. and making sure that you've got that entrepreneurial spirit, not just in the founders, but actually across the business. So I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've done a lot of, um, me independently, but also with GSI, is actually helping people identify problems that they've got and then coming up with solutions to those said problems. But in the same turn, making sure that they've got the, the tools to be able to do that to their customers. And it might be that they, they could retrofit what they've got as a, as a solution or a service to the customers um, but in a different, slightly different way. So I think I'm a massive fan of that entrepreneurial thinking, but also, um, you know, really enabling people to um, open up to sort of say to their, their staff, actually, you know, you're talking to our customers on a daily basis. Um, you know, what do you think that they need? But then also involving the customers in that journey as well. Yeah, and just contextualising this in the uh, the here and now as well, would you say that, looking to innovate and looking to sort of identify key things such as this 
are certainly more advantageous during times of economic difficulty because it's a time when you know your competitors are likely to be bootstrapping and sort of reining in on spending whereas if you kind of double down on that and you're sort of focused on you know where you can improve your business you're probably going to be in much a much better place to capitalize on the eventual recovery aren't you when it does come around absolutely recession um and you know you know if if you look at like during the um the global pandemic we had um a lot of businesses thrived um and actually innovated and i think a recession it can actually sometimes be the ideal time to invest in innovation Mm. um because you've got you know sometimes you might have it that demand is low but then you've got the competition is high so businesses need to find ways to stand out of the crowd i think that's a really key thing um and you know i think there is so much support out there for businesses um to, to be able to do this you know whether that is you know using um agencies or whether you, you using some of the government funded um programs out there um i, I think it, it's something you know we had during the recession again um so many businesses that had to pivot um digital um, was forced upon people and I think, um, you know, there are loads and loads of studies about this, um, but there is is lots and lots of ways of, of being able to sort of um, change the way that you work to to be able to, you know, it might be, for example, um, if, if suddenly people um, have less money to spend, that you actually offer a different type of project to, to uh, pro- um, not project, um, you have to offer, open up a different type of um, product to um uh, to people because they can't afford perhaps the, the higher price things again the same sort of thing around um you know businesses that have to um think about um how they could um you know go to new markets um so looking at okay we've got these type of customers how could we sell that solution to a different demographic and it might be that you've got to tweak it it might be that you have to change it you know, I heard a brilliant story um, a, a couple of years ago at an entrepreneurship conference um, in Paris, and there was um, somebody who worked with Nike, um, and they went. They had a, an innovation program uh, with their staff, and they had people. It was open to absolutely everyone. There was somebody um, on the, um, the factory floor making trainers that he was never going to be able to afford, um, and one of the things that he put forward was actually a trainer that was actually more affordable and that was something that Nike took on. So again, it's looking, you know, it's quite surprising actually because I think a lot of people don't think that, um, you know, the, the really big companies are are innovating, but actually they're doing it all the time. You know, the the, the US government, for example, and, and um, not US government, the US Army, they have an entrepreneurship program. Um, we do. Um, so I think another thing that I would also say that a lot of companies that don't don't are perhaps aware of, there are a number of um, organisations that are sort of doing that matching process. So one of them is is LK Marks. There's another one called This Is Progressive, and they actually work with um, organisations to find solutions to solve problems. And they're going out into the markets. It might be that perhaps you, there's, there's there's an organisation that has, let's just say, they were building. Um, cookers um, and it might be that there is a solution out there for cookers that, that, that solve a, a particular problem can they retrofit that solution that they've already got um, so there are lots and lots of um, opportunities out there for businesses um, it might be that they don't have the tools um, to be able to innovate brand new projects 
or products that and services that they may be able to um, look at how they can retrofit things with the, the support of another organisation. Yeah, certainly. And we've seen um, certainly from sort of the government side, some fantastic programs such as Innovate UK out there that really help get innovations yeah. um, off the ground. Um, but do you think as well that um, given that sort of that sort of short term, really intensive support to help innovation is um, sort of really thriving in this country, that maybe there should maybe under this new government that we found ourselves under be sort of a mm. um, more of a focus on kind of that now soft touch, longer term support as well, just almost as a legacy to that? I think there has to be the longer term support um, because, uh, you know, just just another, another thing as well, just just even to apply for, say, Innovate UK money is a minefield in it, into itself. And unless you have um, a, a specialist bid writer, um, it, it's actually very difficult to get the, to get the, the funding for that. Um, but I, I think I think um, entrepreneurship thinking uh, or entrepreneurial thinking and innovation starts actually right from education. Mm. Um, I think it's 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 a way it's, it's something, and I, I've sort of done a quite a bit of work with um, schools, and I sit on a couple of boards that support um, um, digital skills in particular. And I think um, really that sort of entrepreneurial thinking when you start a business, you're you're constantly um, looking at how you can do things better, how you can do things more cost efficiently, um, and how you can develop new products and services and make the new products and services that you've got even better than they were. It, it's almost like, and there is there is a, there is a, there is a book around it called Eat, Sleep, Innovate. Um, mm. it, it's something that that you need to be doing constantly. And I think, you know, I think for me that there are some fantastic um, government funded pro- um, programs out there, um, but I think there, then it needs to be something that needs to be in, in people's minds um, mm. all the time because we are going through um, economic change. Um, we've just had two years of hell during the COVID pandemic. Um, but there were businesses that were born out of that and businesses that thri- thrived, but obviously there were also businesses that didn't survive. Mm. That's exactly I think I think another thing I would say would just point out very quickly as well, just with the the, the program that um, the um, Help to Grow program, another reason that businesses were going on that it wasn't just because they wanted to you know grow into the enormous businesses, they just wanted to make sure that they were also surviving and they had the tools to be able to thrive and survive. I think we we need to forget about that. We, we we can't forget about that. I think there is so much focus um, on okay, yes, growth, 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 growth. But actually, there are some companies that just want to thrive and survive, and actually making sure that they're doing still doing the good work that they've done, uh, and they continue to do. Um, but they they don't necessarily want to be that you know footsie two fifty etc. And that's mm. okay. It is, isn't it? Because um, when we think about growth, I mean, something that we don't always think about is growing at a sustainable rate. And sometimes businesses, they do grow far too rapidly and they do ultimately end up failing as a result of it. And that's something that hopefully we can we can begin to avoid. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, You know, there there is um, is, a a thing uh, I've seen float around um, the rise of the zombie company. Um, and again, that's sort of like, um, you know, it, it, the definition of it is that is a company that, that needs bailouts to, to operate, but they're, you know, they're, they're basically just, just barely surviving. Um, and I think for me, um, you know, there's quite, quite a few things on the um, internet about it. 
but I think for, for some people, um, you know, there are some businesses that, that are unfortunately going through this at the moment and have been going mm. through this during um, the pandemic. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think we we can't forget that there are those businesses that are led by fantastic people just because you know you're just surviving and you've not got a business that's growing at like 25 percent every year doesn't mean that you're a bad you're a bad leader that's right isn't it i think there almost needs to be that kind of reality check and that kind of acceptance doesn't there um on the part of some business leaders out there it isn't always about growth 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 sometimes surviving and thriving is essentially um, enough and sometimes that's uh, the phase that you have to go into when it comes to sort of that scale up phase scale up indeed grow indeed bring more people on board but just make sure that you're doing it at a sustainable rate and uh i can imagine that sort of you know given the incredible entrepreneurial spirit that we have in this country we're going to see a lot more businesses sort of looking to enter that phase during this period of economic difficulty as they look to really you know sort of you know nail themselves down and uh, I think as we start to see more businesses looking to do that I'd be interested to understand Naomi what you sort of foresee for the uh, for the next 12 months and what some of your priorities are going to be working with these businesses and their leaders to really help them thrive during this period. Um, I would say um, the type of things that we're getting asked to do at the moment is is again um, very much around getting into new markets um so looking at like okay we've got these these and, and also making the decisions to get into those markets as well i think a lot of people say okay yeah i want to go into the uk market or i want to go into europe but actually digging down a little bit deeper and looking at that whether that is the right opportunity for you to do um you know recently um did a piece of work for a company um, who wanted to join, you know, come to the UK and do exactly what they were doing uh, in the in the um, EU country that they were based in, um, and actually it turned out that the um, the, the the price of, of what we were charging in the UK um, it, it just wasn't worth it for them. Um, so I think it, it, as well, I think for for me, um, the type of work I'm getting asked to do is, is very much about supporting the businesses that are. Uh, wanting to grow, but doing that a in a sustainable way, making sure really clearly that you're, you've got the right people around you. Also, if you are hiring, making sure that you've got those people that do have that entrepreneurial spirit and they can adapt. Um, and I think another thing as well is just is just you know certainly with the rise of um, the way that we work now, a lot of businesses that I've seen um, have, have had to change the way space wise. You know. Some of them have got these big, enormous offices that, that perhaps they're not using as much. But then also you've got some companies that are saying, Do you know what, we want people back in the office. Um, mm. So, in, yes, cut a very, in a very short amount of time and say in a, in a very quick sentence, I think it's about having the right people, the right strategy, but also having that, that um, openness to, to be able to think we might have to be able to change something very quickly. And how do we do that? Because it really depends on what you do. You know, I'm mm. working with a lot of tech businesses, um, but then, you know, like Vikas, who I work with, he has um, a textiles business. You know, with, with that, he's had costs rising from, you know, bringing goods over to, for, from different countries to the UK, the import and export. Um, it's complete minefield. Um, one, thing, one thing I would also say that I think has been quite interesting, especially on the sort of manufacturing side of things is that we're seeing more manufacturing done in the UK now, which I think is really 
really fantastic. Um, and I think, you know, I think when you, especially with the sort of early stage startups that I've been working with, you know, through university programs, um, you know, some of them are, are product ones and they're sort of, you know, first port of call is like, okay, where, where can we get it made in China? They don't even think about, you know, how we can get it made in the UK mm. and the costs around that. Um, so that's a, a positive thing, I would say. I think, you know, manufacturing um, coming more to the UK, I think, is a, is a very positive thing, not only for, um, you know, jobs, um, but also it takes away the risk sometimes for, from actually bringing products um, from, from other countries. It does, doesn't it? And we do need to be thinking about that and certainly self-sufficiency, certainly considering the uh, the climate that we're yeah. in um, at the, uh, the moment. I think that's absolutely right. And it'll be interesting to see sort of how a business, you know, really rises to the uh, the challenge over the next 12 months and beyond. And Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think yeah. the biggest thing that, 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 that we've got at the moment is, is the cost of um, power mm. uh, and energy. Um, I think that is, you know, the amount of hospitality businesses that are having to shut um, and just the, the, you know, everything that, you know, you've got the supply chain around that is, is actually quite devastating. Um, but then also, you know, looking at other businesses, um, they simply can't afford to put the lights on mm. because the cost is so ridiculous. It and is. It has an effect on everything. So I think, you know, really the, over the next 12 months, I think it, it's looking at how, how we can become, um, cost efficient but also how we can still give the, the best service and product offering that we can despite the downturn that's exactly right that's what the focus of business and industry has to be on isn't it and it's going to be interesting to see sort of how we do really rise to that challenge and yeah. i think as we sort of see how you know we that this sort of begins to take shape I'd really relish the opportunity, Naomi, actually to maybe welcome you back onto the show and just sort of reassess what's happened and see exactly sort of where we are maybe six to 12 months down the line. No, absolutely. Um, Do you you know what's scary is um, I've seen over the last couple of years, um, you know, a a plethora of businesses grow, which is very exciting. Mm. But the scary thing is, is the amount of businesses that have have to to stop and cease trading is, is desperately sad. But I think, again, just going back to that, um, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, um, just making sure that we, we, we keep being this, uh, you know, country that, 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 is, that has that spirit, but also encourages it and, and making sure that actually we, we, we're going to uh, the people that are working in our business, not just the, the leaders, leaders within the business, but actually going to, you know, the, the whole, whole employees and sort of saying, okay, you know, these are the problems that we think have we involved the customers in that in that thought process and mm. not made assumptions about what we think they, they need, but also have we included our employees in that process as well? I think that's a really key thing. Exactly right. And if we do that, we'll continue to be sort of that hotbed of strong business and innovation that we yeah. are and more businesses will indeed succeed. I think that's absolutely right. And uh, just for anybody as well that has been listening into this, uh, and if you are sort of um, a regular listener, a business leader or the head of an organisation and you feel that maybe you have something to say on some of the issues that we've discussed today, um, you can either leave a comment with us directly. That's via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us. Or you two can also apply to be on the programme and bring your perspective to the discussion table via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply as well. 
Um, for now, it's been an immense pleasure welcoming Naomi Timperley, award-winning consultant and advisor on growth strategy and innovation onto today's show. And Naomi, thanks uh, ever so much again for your time and uh, do take care. And I'm sure, like I say, we'll catch up on the, uh, the programme in the very near future. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic and I'm sure um, the listeners do share that sentiment as well and have found it just as thought-provoking and eye-opening as I have. Um, As always, to all of our listeners, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, on today's episode of the Leaders' Council podcast. And of course, we'll be back next time with a whole new perspective on leadership and current affairs. But until then, do take care all and goodbye.